Man, I still love that beat just as much as the first time I heard it. Still, huge shout out to the regulators for for putting that work in for me. Um, I just like it. It's just vibe, you know, chill way to get into the episode. How's it going, everybody? You are listening to Quick Hits. I am Blake Pace. It is Tuesday, October 29th, and um, man... I am ready for my life to slow down a little bit, just a few minutes before we get in. Like I said, this is our Tuesday episode, so this will be game recaps of week eight of the NFL season. We are halfway through. Uh, Give a little look toward the end of the week um, as well, too. Have our first guest coming on, good friend of mine, best friend of mine, and so um, so I'm looking forward to that, and yeah, but uh, man, I need a weekend. Shit to slow down. Two weekends ago, I had my family visiting, and I loved them. Being here, we did a lot of stuff, but didn't really have a ton of time on the weekends to relax. Of course, doing this, my journalism work, full-time job over with uh, paychecks. Um, it's been busy. So a lot, two weekends ago, families families in town didn't have a ton of time to do uh, to to do just a lot of relaxing after the work week, especially you know, basically the. The way of my schedule, and I, I don't know why, you know, we're getting a little personal with this, but I wake up at five, go to the gym probably till about from uh, 5.15, 5.30 till 6.30, get ready, start my day, work begins between 7.30 and 8, go through the day, probably get home around 5.30, make some dinner quickly, shout out to Butcher Box, got great food, they're not, I should, I want sponsors, I want Bush to sponsor, I'm all over the place, but anyways, um, Butcher box, make some dinner, then I, I do my journalism work for a couple hours, and then um, try to go to bed at a reasonable hour. But then, yeah, the last th- two weekends threw me off, family in town from a Thursday to Tuesday, so that made things a little difficult. And then uh, Thursday night, I went back to um, my old college, James Madison, had a really fun weekend there, it was homecoming weekend, saw a little... A lot of great people, a lot of friends that I still have finishing up school. They're they're taking they're taking things slow, but they're getting there. Um, so I've got some friends there, and I just got back Sunday night. Now this is coming out Tuesday. I also have my aunt and uncle visiting in town now, so everything slows down. I think around around this Thursday and into the weekend. So I'm excited to have a Saturday and Sunday that I can sit down and just relax. But uh, yeah. So I, I didn't get to watch, um, I was traveling all Sunday, so I didn't get to watch Sunday's games. You know, usually my setup is I just plant myself down in front of my TV. I've got Game Pass on, I got eight games going, a fifth one uh, on the local televised game, and then a sixth one going red zone for all the scores. Kind of just my weekly setup to make sure I've got, I've got as much games covered, and I can watch them live so I don't have to go back and watch as many condensed or, um, you know, replays. But um, I was traveling, flying back to Tennessee... And so I had to, uh, unfortunately, do a lot of condensed games. So um, this is our game recap episode. Week 8, officially in the books, it was kind of a, a boring, or not a boring, the, the matchups themselves were not fun. And I'm, and I'm looking at this weekend, and it's, you know, not as, not as great also. But there were some games that turned into, you know, they were pleasant surprises. And so um, we're going to go through all those and just kind of give my quick impressions on on each team, the game itself, where they're standing at halfway through the season. And like I said, that's Tuesday's episode. Tomorrow we'll have my updated power rankings. Thursday, our first guest, don't want to spoil it, he's a, he's a great friend but a sad Jets fan. Um, we'll be talking 
probably about some New York football, maybe some MVP conversations. And then Friday, we'll get into betting. This week, spreads were spreads were tough. Other bets weren't great. And uh, game picks were good. Game picks were good. So hopefully you did some money lines off of what I said and, and maybe stayed away from the spreads and other bets. But we'll get all to that. But, but let's just start off. Let's go right into uh, to Thursday night football. The Cousins Bowl. Um, Minnesota hosting the Redskins and Minnesota pulling out a 10-point victory, 19-9. You know, aside from the touchdown in the second quarter, Minnesota's offense was kind of just kind of just there. It wasn't great. You know, Kirk Cousins had a very efficient game, 23 of 26, 285. Uh, Stephon Diggs had seven catches for 143. Dalvin Cook, 98 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Um, You know, I... And this was one of the bets that I was like, I was like, there's no way that you take Minnesota minus, I think they were 17 or 16 and a half. There was no way you take that. Thursday night game, it was going to be close. Um, and so, um, of course, the Redskins were able to cover uh, that spread, still losing, moving to one and seven for Washington. Um, I don't know. I want to see, I want to see uh, Dwayne Haskins, but it seems like he's just not ready. Um which actually makes me feel a little bit better about him being my my fourth-ranked quarterback. If you listen to me over, I think it was like our first or second episode on Reasonably Outrageous, uh, the way my quarterback stacked out is I had Kyler Murray, Ryan Finley, um, Drew Locke, and then Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne, uh, not looking too great to start out, and, and isn't giving isn't given the really the opportunity. Of course, offensive line isn't great. Running backs are a little bit old. Uh, they should be getting Darius guys back soon. Receiving threats outside of Scary Terry aren't that great. Jordan Reed can't stay healthy. So for the offense, you know, it is a little bit of a struggle. It's not like he has a great situation, you know. It's not like Daniel Jones who has Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, or Kyler Murray, you know. I mean, I guess he had David Johnson, Chase Edmonds for a bit, but he's got some young receivers. He's got Cliff Kingsbury. Um, You know, the situation that he's put in isn't great at all. It's also a very dysfunctional organization. So um, I would love to see Dwayne a little bit more as the season goes on, but I also understand that if... If he doesn't look ready in practice, you know, you probably don't want to put him out there. And for the Vikings, we're now 6-2, and 4-0 at home. Listen, I still don't think this team makes the playoffs. Um, I still have the depth concerns on their defense. That's been my problem with Minnesota for three years. Outside of Kirk Cousins, my biggest problem with, with Minnesota is the depth um, on their defense. Uh, they've got their starters playing some. Uh, they play among the highest percentage uh, of snaps throughout the season, and that's great. You start off the season great when you, you got your best players out there that often, but when you don't have the depth to to fulfill that, uh, you know, in weeks 13 and 14, that's when injuries start popping up. Fatigue, you know, they, they won't be they won't have the same motor uh, at that point in the season. So I think that this Vikings team is good. I think they probably finish the season around, oh, Nine and seven, eight and eight. I think Kirk is also setting us up for just a, like I said last week, probably his his biggest uh, his biggest show yet in terms of a letdown. I still think Minnesota is kind of just one of those teams that um, great start, won't finish great, and uh, and then we'll we'll have an entire offseason talking about Kirk Cousins after really praising him through these first eight weeks. But yeah, Vikings nineteen, Redskins nine. On to Sunday. October 27th, what did I just do? Oh, okay, we're good. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks traveling to take on Dan Quinn, of course. Dan, the former defensive coordinator for Pete Carroll up in Seattle. Um, And and the Seahawks, I mean, 
they jump out to the 24 to nothing halftime lead, give up 20 second half points while only managed to, to score a field goal. I'm trying to remember what the spread was. Let me pull it up to see if I can uh, if I can grab that real quick. The spread was oh it wasn't when I recorded the show I didn't have it. I think it was around that six or seven, but. Anyways, you know, the Falcons, I think, ended up covering, um, and so, poor, poor uh, situation for betters, I guess, but um, anyways, Seattle Seahawks 27, Falcons 20, Seahawks also 6-2, um, 4-0 on the road, good by them, haven't played great teams on the road yet, though, I still think their schedule has been, has been pretty, pretty light, we'll get to see them uh, play some, you know, It'll tighten up toward the end of the season. Play San Francisco, play the Rams, who are, who are probably on the, you know, come up. Uh, but for the Seahawks, look, Russell Wilson, um, to me, is right up there, one, two for for MVP. Um, I, I still just am not a fan of their defense, and and it seems to be that if Chris Carson can't get going, this offense and this team can't get going either. Um, and fortunately, Carson had 90 yards in the score. I want to say it was last week, two weeks ago. They had a pretty slow performance. I'm trying to remember what that game was now. But um, it seems like, you know, if you got Chris Carson going, that adds another layer to that offense, and, and it's not 100% relied on with Russell Wilson uh, to win you that game. And um, and they came out to the early lead. They probably just cruised through the second half. But I still am concerned that, you know, Matt Schaub was able to complete almost 40 passes for 460 yards against the, a Seattle defense. It's Matt Schaub. 38-year-old Matt Schaub, um, 460 yards in a touchdown, but um, Atlanta look bad, Matt Ryan hurt, don't trade him, no need to, he, he's in that 34 range, he's still got another four great years before you would even consider doing something like that, but um, yeah, Dan Quinn's days, our number dice. Every Monday morning, I wake up expecting a Schefter tweet that he's been fired. I guess they're just going to let him go through the rest of the season, and I kind of explained why. I mean, both of their coordinators have experience, and and personally, I don't think you promote the defensive coordinator to the head coaching job just because it's the same terrible defensive scheme. And for the offense, it's like you're not. We just saw Dirk Cutter be a head coach in Tampa Bay. It wasn't great, so I think that they're one of those teams that just is going to wait it out through the rest of the season. And then kind of just see what the best options out there are. Maybe they could be a Mike McCarthy or a, I don't know some other guys out there. But um, you know, Falcons just kind of a, a mess and kind of been on the on the downtick now. Two bad years in a row, one and seven. Um, Seattle, I don't think they're real uh, contenders in the NFC. I'd probably put them as my whew, fifth fifth best team, fifth favorite team. I mean, I like Green Bay, I like New Orleans. I like San Francisco. Would they be four? They could be around four. I, I'm personally more of a Rams fan than I am a Seahawks fan, and I think that you know the Seahawks could be in trouble if it if it comes down to a tight wild card race to get in there. But um, I don't know. Not not real bought in on the Seahawks. Falcons are pretty bad, but uh, yeah, Seahawks twenty seven, Falcons twenty. Now on to the shocker of the week. Um, in my eyes, at least the game that I, I least saw coming, I guess. The Philadelphia Eagles absolutely stomped the Buffalo Bills, who were at home. Um, 31-13. to I definitely didn't see this coming. I thought the Bills were the far better team. 
the Eagles, I mean, they're just one of those, I mean, you know, they look so awful against Dallas. Think back a couple weeks before, they look great against Green Bay. Come out and stomp the Bills. To me, I, I do not put any faith in this Philadelphia team this year. Um, I would stay away. I just think that, I mean, it's 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 polar opposites uh, when it comes to consist to you know their inconsistencies. You know, it's not all oh, you know barely lost. Oh, we barely squeaked that one out. They're either you know crushing teams or getting blown out by them. And and good teams too. Buffalo is a good team. To me, they're probably the third, fourth best in the AFC. But the Eagles came out and just stomped them, and they got the ground game going. And I think that might be the key. You know, is is you know Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders. Um, trying to remember what other guys they got back there, but the two of them, um, especially I know Sanders had a great day. Jordan Howard, ninety six yards and a touchdown as well too. You didn't really need Carson Wentz to do a whole much. Seventeen to twenty four, one seventy two and a score. Not a ton through the passing game. They just pounded it up front. They do have a strong offensive line. Um, and, and and look for the Bills. To to be completely honest. Um, I'm starting to get a little worried about our, our guy, Josh Allen. I I loved him coming out, and I thought he had a great start to the season. Um, but Philadelphia, I've been harping on for the last three weeks now that they have the worst secondary in football. Them are the New York Giants or the New York Jets. And Josh Allen could only put up 13 points. You know, Josh Allen's big thing was, oh my God, he's got a cannon of an arm. He got a speedy receiver in John Brown. He's got Cole Beasley to work the middle. He couldn't do anything against a, a pretty bad secondary, a really bad secondary. And um, I don't know, everyone, I, I was a big fan of just his his frame and his strength, um, his his arm strength, his ability to, he had, he had good touch on the deep ball coming out of college. Um, but I, I don't know what Philly did. It, you know, they, I don't know, a little worried about Josh Allen, um, especially especially for a, a five and two team that has aspirations of, you know, they're probably going to secure the top wild card spot. Their schedule is, is very easy the rest of the way. Um, so you get the top wild card spot. Um, you're going to have to go on the road in the playoffs. But, you know, they're a team that, that I think is, is, you know, roster wise, coaching staff wise, you know, up there um, with New England, Kansas City, a little bit. Kansas City, um, Houston, Baltimore, Indianapolis. I mean, I'd put Buffalo right in the middle of that pack, and so it's a little tough to figure out where they're heading. But um, I, I got to take a look at Josh Allen more specifically and, and see what's been kind of the story of this season with him. But uh, Eagles don't put any faith in. Put up 31 points. I think it's just one of those fluke weeks. They'll get right back to being blown out later on. And Buffalo, I expect them to still be a uh, really good team. Their schedule's light, but um, concerns about concerns about Josh Allen. Eagles thirty one, Bills thirteen. How about this doozy of a game? The Los Angeles Chargers beating the Chicago Bears seventeen to sixteen. Uh, Panero misses um, misses the field goal as time expires. Uh, the, the The Chicago Bears this year are just the biggest shit show to me, and, and that's actually. That's saying a lot because I, I would say that the Chargers were the biggest shit show. Um, so I guess this was two just, I mean, 
the the AFC and NFC equivalents of the shittiest teams. Uh, they they kind of mirror what they are to me. Except Chicago has a you know doesn't have a quarterback. Chargers have a quarterback, um, but they both are just you. You have no idea what you're going to get on a weekly basis. It seems like both teams find the worst ways to lose games um, every week, and so. Um, Los Angeles is able to pull out the win, 17-16. Uh, Chicago wasn't able to score in the first or fourth quarter. Um, of course, the, the missed field goal at the end of the game. Matt Nagy, what are you doing, man? You got time. Run the ball up. Make that field goal a little closer. In a, in a time where kickers are as inconsistent as ever, um, why not just, you know, give a, try and fight for a few extra yards. Make it a little easier. That thing just hooked, you know. Probably chance it goes in if you're just a few yards up. I know Nagy was was defending that stance, but, man, he has, he has coached a, a pretty bad game plan this season. Um, and it really hasn't helped out Trubisky. You know, Trubisky, okay game, 23-35, 253 in a pick. Not Not great. Um, big game for David Montgomery, 135 on the ground, one touchdown. You know, the big the big explosion game, 27 touches on, on the ground too. But, um, yeah, the Chargers, I, both these teams I just don't care about this year. You know, the Chargers, I would love to see them draft a quarterback next year, figure out who that Rivers replacement is going to be, especially if they're picking inside the top 10. They get one of those later guys like Burrow or uh, Jordan Love. Um. And for the Bears, I want them to move on from Mitch. It's time. He's not your guy. Said that Said that the last few. I feel like I've said that all season. He's just not your guy, so there's no point in holding on to him if you're going to waste away the potential of this team. But um, both these teams, I don't care about. They, I don't like watching them. Um, Chargers 17, Bears 16. Giants-Lions. How about that that backdoor cover by New York? Lions seven point favorites. Uh, game ends thirty one to twenty six. Giants scored a late touchdown in the fourth quarter. Um, good back and forth game, you know. Lions jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead. It was seventeen to thirteen at half. Um, Lions scored a couple touchdowns uh, in the second half to to pull away, but um, you know Stafford Stafford looked great. Three, three touchdowns, 342 through the air. Completed 25 of his 32 passes. Um, yeah, he looked he looked great. Kenneth Galladay had a great game as well, too. Um, for the Lions, you know, I I know, and I'm not sure if you're picking this up, too, but it seems like the entire police force is just going right past my apartment. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope they're coming to get me. But um, the Lions, I, th- I really think that they're the second best team in the NFC North. I, I don't buy Minnesota. Chicago's a shit show. I love Green Bay. Detroit, to me, I get I get the quarterback that I like. He's the second best quarterback in that division. Um, I like their defensive scheme. I, the, the talent on the back end isn't great. I like their receiving options. Of course, losing on Johnson isn't great uh, by any means. But um, unfortunately, you know, I I just don't know. You know, you're at 3-3-1. and one. It's going to be tough to pull out of that. Um, in this NFC playoff picture, when you've got three teams in the NFC West that are pushing for it, um, I, I don't think you know anyone in the NFC East is going to get a wild card spot. But then you've got Carolina, who's still you know 
floating around there in the south. New Orleans is going to win that division, and so it's going to be tough for Detroit, but I feel like they could be one of those last teams to just miss. Um, but yeah, uh, good game, good game from Stafford. You know, of course, the Giants made things close at the end, but um, but yeah, let's jump to New York. You know, I made a big trade getting Leonard Williams on that defensive line. It's good defensive line, you know. I, I they the rumor is the reports are that they were are a fan of Leonard Williams. Now, um, are they going to sign him to a big, long term deal? Not sure about that. I guess it, you know we have to see how he performs at the end of this year. But now you've got a defensive line of Dalvin Tomlinson. Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. That is just three beefy dudes right up in the front. I mean, those guys are massive. They're just going to single-handedly, you know, that, that's just a ton of strength, ton of muscle to have um, when you go three down. And so, um, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's going to be fun to watch and see how they can work together. All three of them are pretty young as well, too. Um, of course, Lawrence coming out of Clemson this past year. And, uh, yeah, the Giants, you know, by the end of, if you're listening to this and it's past the trade deadline, there might be some other guys that have been on the move. I know they're, they're trying to look at moving on from some of their, some of their vets that are making some big contracts or sorry, that are making some big, uh, some big money this year. Um, still, still don't love Pat Shermer. I like the offense potential with the, with the skill players. Um, now it comes down to, you know, the, the plan for the Giants is, is just, you know, take the season as another wash, get a high draft pick. Maybe you take a wide receiver. I would take someone on the defense or the offensive line if you're more in that 10 to 15 range. I wouldn't take a lineman if you're in the top 10. But um, somewhere on the defense, linebacker, defensive back, offensive line, just build build around Daniel Jones. I think we're we're all we're all impressed with Jones how he's been this year and and um, and definitely proved a lot of people wrong. So uh, for the Lions, they're gonna have to make a pretty severe push to get into the playoffs. Um, one that I think they just fall short of, and that for the Giants, um, you know, get rid of Pat Shermer if you can after this season. See what you got at the front three guys now with with Leonard Williams uh, as a Giant. Trade away some of your big contracts, Nate Solder, um, and uh, yeah, just try and try and try and get some draft picks. Try and build up the offensive line, the secondary. You got the skilled players on offense. You got the defensive line, and so there's good potential in New York. But lines thirty one. Giants 26. All right, now on to the Bucks and the Titans. The Titans moving to 500 with a 27 to 23 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Tampa kept kept things close for a while. I was a little worried. I, I had Tennessee winning, and I, as far to my knowledge, they at least pushed. No, they covered. It was it was around two and a half by the time that I put money on it. I'm trying to see what it was it when I did the show last Friday. It was at Titans minus two. So yeah, they covered that. Um, now four and four, you know, they're, they're that AFC South. It's competitive. You know, you really can't slip up at this point in the season. Now, like these next four weeks are going to be huge for, for Jack, for all four teams, you know, Jacksonville, Tennessee are four and four Houston and, and, and Indy have the upper edge right now. But if either of those teams slip up and, um, both of them almost did this past week, you know, things could get really weird in the AFC South, but Tennessee, I mean, it, it seems like Ryan Tannehill is the guy to go for the rest of the season. Um, should feel pretty good about moving on from Marcus Mariota now. That offense has life. I think they've put up 24-plus in his three starts. Um, but, yeah, 20, 27-23. Um, the, only thing, the only thing that scares me, man, is, is when Jameis just wants to throw to Mike Evans, 
and it should be every play of every game. I don't understand why Mike Evans is so hot and cold when it comes to, you know, the looks that he gets from Jameis. But, uh, you know, you take a look at Jameis, the completion percentages is fucking awful. 21 of 43, but he threw for 301 yards, two touchdowns, and Mike Evans had almost 200 yards of that, two touchdowns on 11 catches. Um, it's almost like Mike Evans is a, is a good wide receiver. So is Chris Godwin. I don't, I don't have hate for Chris Godwin, but I don't have Chris Godwin on my fantasy team. So, Jameis, if you'd like to just keep uh, keep doing that, you almost, you almost beat Tennessee. Yay. You almost beat Tennessee. Um, and, uh, you know, 66% of your yards went to Mike Evans. So let, let's keep that rate up. Um, Bucks. I mean, both these teams are going to be looking for quarterbacks after this season. I think with the Titans, you know, they, they like what they see from Tannehill, but also at the same time, I mean, they've got... They got a lot going on um, in their situation where the defense, no need to really go out there and, and, and draft. You don't have a guy that you like need to replace on that defense. Offensive line hasn't been great. Skill players, young, talented. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. Maybe you go and get a tight end if there's one that pops up in, in the middle of the first round. But, you know, I'd take a look at a quarterback. Maybe bring Tannehill back if you like what he, he sees. It's just like one of those backups. And... Um, and then taking a look for Tampa Bay, man, I mean, the quarterback that walks into the Bucks is going to have a great situation offensively. Not not a ton in the run game yet. Maybe Arians figures that out. But um, receiving options are going to be plenty. Bruce Arians dials up a good offense, and so there could be some fun numbers for whoever gets drafted there. But they're a bad team. Titans still in the mix of things. Um, Titans winning that one 27-13. 23. How about this doozy? I was uh, sweating bullets on this one. The Indianapolis Colts barely, 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 barely beat the Denver Broncos 15-13. to A come-from-behind win. An ugly, ugly game um, for, for the Indy offense. A, a bad game for Frank Reich. Um, real confusing game. Um, now look, if Adam Vinatieri doesn't miss a field goal on an extra point, they aren't in that situation where they need to come back late in the game most likely. But um, he also... Nailed a couple 50-plus yarders, especially a 51-yarder to win the game, um, which is, I, I just, I, I love Vinny. He, you know, he stresses me out, but he comes in the clutch. And so, really the only guy that got going for the Colts offense yesterday was, Mar or on Sunday, sorry, was uh, Marlon Mack, 19 carries, 76 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, when it mattered most, I mean, God, we, we had play of the year content right there from Jacoby Brissett. He was getting uh, brought down by Von Miller, spins out of it from his own end zone, rolls out to the right, and, and a deep pass um, to T.Y. Hilton, who toe drags, toe taps, right on the sideline, and that uh, that moved that offense going on that, that last drive. Beautiful play. Um, it, it reminded me of Andrew Luck's big throw to, ooh, I want to say it was Chester Rogers, Zach Pascal, one of those guys. Um, last year against Miami in, a, in an ugly game for the Colts then too, but it come from behind win. And it was just like rolling out from the pressure on the run, deep throw money. And it, it sets up well in the Miami game that went for a touchdown, I believe could be wrong, but, um, but in that Denver game, it just kind of brought things forward. Now look for the Colts. I'm still going to say it Brissett to me, not really the long-term future. If you're looking for a top five quarterback. Now, if the Colts are content getting a top 12 to 15 quarterback for the next few years, then fine. Don't blame them. But um, 
Brissett's just, he's just, he's not the answer. He's not the franchise. You know, you come off, you got Peyton Manning, you've got Andrew Luck, um, and now you've got Jacoby Brissett. And, and I think Colts fans are used to, oh, our quarterback is always going to be one of the best in football. And Jacoby just isn't that. He, he, he can win games. He's got a great offensive system, great playmakers around him, an outstanding offensive line. But, uh, look, he's not Andrew Luck. He's, he's not Peyton Manning. And so, you know, if the Colts are content, you know, stacking up the rest of their roster and building around Jacoby and just making it a situation where he just has to, to manage the games to, to be a Super Bowl contender, then I'm fine with that. But also, I don't think it hurts having, you know, a guy and maybe going into the draft and taking a look at a guy that has potential to be that guy that when shit hits the fan and you're in a situation like this last week um, and, and the offense isn't going great that quarterback himself can lift single-handedly lift the team. You know, a guy like Russ or 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 Deshaun Watson that can carry the team to the win. Um, that's not Jacoby. He had that one brilliant play. Um, and I guess, you know, the Colts wouldn't have won that game without him in that play. But, you know, I think, um, you know, if the Colts are content winning around you know, a league uh, uh, slightly above average quarterback, then fine. But I, I, I still think that they should go out and try and get somebody in the draft. Now for Denver, Joe Flacco well, I ripped on, on Denver and the next day he's got the neck injury. Now I, I love conspiracy theories. Seems like he's actually hurt. Now he's getting a second opinion um, on the neck injury. So I, I guess it seems legit. I would love for it to be fake and the Broncos just sitting in because they're mad at him for, for being, you know, a little um, short with the team after the win. But I just can't wait to see Drew Locke. I want Drew Locke back on the field. I want to see what he can do with Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman. Maybe he's got a good connection with... Uh, maybe he's got a good connection with uh, Noah Fant, tight end, who's kind of been... Oof, not great to start off his uh, career, but... Yeah, Broncos, bad team. Want to see him finish out the year with, with Drew Locke and the Colts. Keep on finding ways to win, and, and right now they're in first in the AFC South. I think they hold on to that through the rest of the season. But, um, yeah, I still, I'm still i still just not completely bought into Jacoby Brissett. Colts win 15-13. All right, I'm going to speed these last ones up because we're already at the uh, half-hour mark. Bengals-Rams. Look, Bengals, really bad team. Rams, to me, a very good team. They did have to travel, so it wasn't a great day, you know, for, for Jared Goff, who still completed 17 passes for 372 and two touchdowns. Um, you know, only one by 14. I think the spread was 13 and a half. But uh, holy damn, Cooper Cup. 220 yards off seven catches. I love Cooper Cup. He's one of my favorite wide receivers to watch in this game right now. His connection with Goff is strong, too. Cooper Cup keeps Jared Goff afloat. Um Bengals, bad team. Want to see Ryan Finley? Can we please fucking see Ryan Finley? Um, just for a little, see what you got there to finish out the season. You know you're moving on from Andy Dalton. Might as well see what you got from the rookie. Bengals, bad team. Rams, good team. I still think they're the second best team in the NFC West. Um, if they can keep, keep pace with San Francisco and the 49ers stumble a little bit, they could take that 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 division. But um, mostly seems like a wild card spot is, is on the way for them. I really like this Rams team, though. Um, Rams take that 24-10 over Cincinnati. On to the next game, uh, the New Orleans Saints, and this is kind of the same situation, taking on the, the Cardinals Saints, winning uh, 31-9. to 
moving on to seven and one. Um, I was I was thinking that this would be a little bit closer of a game, and the Cardinals had some drives that you know went deep into the Saints territory. I thought they'd come away with touchdowns. They ended up with field goals. Um, I had them covering the spread of ten, I think, and I was just uh, really off on that one. Breeze looked great in his return. I think he saw. I think he saw the writings on the wall, and and uh, you know. Bridgewater having that great start. I don't think Drew Brees wanted to come back against a tough opponent and look shaky and then hear the headlines. Well, Bridgewater didn't didn't lose a game and Brees comes out and he doesn't look great. And the Saints struggled to win a game. So he's like, oh, okay, we're playing Arizona. Yeah, put me in. Uh, so he looked great. 34 of 43, 373 and three scores. Latavius Murray carrying the weight load in the absence of Kamara. 21 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown. Michael Thomas, great receiver, 11 catches, 112 and a score as well too. Um Started off slow. Cardinals led uh, 3 nothing at the end of the first, but then, you know, New Orleans just ripped it off 10-7 and 14 points in the second through fourth quarters. Saints are a good team. To me, still the second or third best team. I'm going to I'm gonna go and say the third best team in the NFC. Um, Cardinals, exciting. I, I like Kyler. I like Cliff. Just a lot of things that they need to fix on the rest of that team. But um, Saints 31, Cardinals 9. Jaguars-Jets in a game that no one probably... Really wanted to watch. Um, Jaguars taking this one 29-15 over the Jets. Uh, Darnold throws three interceptions. Still seeing ghosts, apparently. Um, yeah, three picks. At, at, I I thought we'd get a much better game out of Darnold. I thought that this was going to be. And he started off great. His first drive, uh, you know, or one of his opening drives started off, I think it was seven completions, seven straight completions in the touchdown. I was like, oh, all right, this this feels good. My other bet was I was, I was like, you know, the Jets are going to dial up a pretty good offense for Darnold to, to get his confidence back. But then shit hit the fan and um, and the Jags defense caused a, a lot of problems for him. So uh, that draft class. How about that? Baker struggling. Sam Darnold struggling. Josh Allen not looking great, but on a good team. Lamar looks great. He was taken at the end of the first round. And then Josh Rosen is, is benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So interesting class. So we had five quarterbacks taken in and right now Lamar Jackson is is by far playing playing like the best one um and for the Jacks like I said with the Titans four and four Houston and Indy slip up they are right there um Garner Minshew just tore apart the Jets defense 22 at 34 for 279 and three scores of course 70 of that was on a Chris Conley touchdown who uh, finished the day with 103 yards and a score look I think the Jags before the season with Nick Foles I had them as a 10-win team just because of the of the Minshew effect and and, and not having um, Foles out there the full season, probably around in the, you know an eight and eight team, seven and nine maybe maybe they can get to nine and seven and push for the wild card. But uh, yeah, the Jaguars I, I just think it's it's a it's a good team, it's a good coach, and um, you know I, they got some decisions to make on defense. Josh Allen has stepped in and been a great rookie. So what does that mean for Yannick Ngakwe, who's you know awful against the run? Um, you know, you no longer have Jalen Ramsey, so so shoring up that secondary. Um, Leonard Fournette seems like he's, you know, 10 bad runs and one run for like 40 yards every game. Uh, today he had, or Sunday, he had 19 carries for 76 yards. And um, and yeah, the Jags, are, the, the Jags are right around there. I like the future of this team. The AFC has a lot of potential. I mean, it's, it's to, to, to just be consistently one of the better divisions in football for the next five to 10 years, but... um. Jaguars 29, Jets 15. Ugh, just a just an ugly game, especially for Sam Darnold. Talk about ugly games. How about the 49ers absolutely destroying the Carolina Panthers? 
Um, I'm trying to think. It was Gerald McCoy before the game saying they don't want this smoke. They haven't faced a team like us. Well, doesn't matter. They put up a 50-burger on you. Um, and really, how about Tevin Coleman? I mean, this you know, it's crazy because to me on their, on their offense, and it's so good, but it's the passing offense, you know, around, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo that I guess is is the the weak point. And even then he went 18 to 22 for 175 and two scores. Very consistent. Um, Kittle, 86 receiving yards. And um, yeah, but it's the, it's the run game. It's, you know, it's Coleman. It's Mo- Mo- Mostert. I got to learn how to say his name. I, I'm assuming it's Mostert. I think I'm just overthinking it. Mo- Mostert, Mostert, whatever it is. Uh, you know, you've also got Matt Breida. I mean, I mean, the 49ers are, are great. They really are. Um, that that's that's a that's a statement win right there. Um, putting up fifty on on what was the four and two uh, Carolina Panthers. He looked he looked you know the the Forty Nineers look great. Kyle Shanahan has done a great job up there, and um, they're seven and zero now, and they're just they're cruising past guys. I mean, the Panthers were supposed to be their toughest test of the season. They put up fifty one points on them. Forty um, Niners are. Are, are amazing. Carolina, look, yeah, Kyle Allen can can keep in competitive games as long as McCaffrey is going off and the defense is playing well. But when that doesn't happen, um, it, it doesn't look pretty. So, is Kyle Allen the future quarterback there? I, I don't think he should be. Now I'm not sure what you do with Cam either, but um, I didn't think the Panthers were a good team heading into the season. They're kind of regressing back to what I thought they were. Um, 13 points against the 49ers defense is not great, especially though. I mean, God, everyone on that defense is is now having great games. You know, Richard Sherman came away with an interception, Nick Bosa freak athlete on his interception. Um, Panthers regressing back to what we thought they were 49ers surging to something that I don't, I, all of us expected the the 49ers to win more games, but seven and zero start. I mean, that is unbelievable. 49ers take that one easily, 51 to 13. Um, the New England Patriots love playing against uh, young quarterbacks and just making their heads spin. New England wins, moves to 8 0 after a 27 to 13 victory over the Browns, who now drop to 2 and 5. Look, New England, the offense, kind of worried about. At some point, we're gonna, I'm gonna dive into the Tom Brady situation that uh, all the rumors about him potentially not wanting to stay. Um, to stay in uh, in New England, super weird. But um, look, the offense doesn't doesn't look great at times. Still in the market, maybe for a wide receiver by the end of today. Um, but look, their defense is, is fucking unbelievable. It's unbelievable the stuff that they're doing, and um, you know, it's another you know shaky offense that they've played. Not a great team, but the way that they're turning. Not so great teams to make them look like dog shit is is incredible. Um, the Browns look move on from Freddie Kitchens. Try try and get an offensive line to protect Baker. He is not great under pressure, so offensive line is important. Um, you know they kept things close for a while. I mean, it, not after the first quarter, but they crept their way back in there. Um, you know, after trailing seventeen nothing. Um. I don't know. New England is still the Super Bowl favorite in my eyes. I know Green Bay and San Francisco got to be around there too, but to me, Patriots are the Super Bowl favorites. The Browns, most overhyped team, got got to be most overhyped team in mine 
in my entire life. I don't. I mean, there were Super Bowl expectations for Cleveland here, and now they're two and five and, and just being embarrassed. Um, Patriots take that easily, twenty-seven thirteen. Three more games. Try and get this in, in the next five to six minutes. Texans moving on to five and three, taking down the Raiders, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Raiders, this was my upset pick of the week. How dare you make me look stupid? Um, you blew that lead. The Texans score fourteen points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Deshaun Watson got kicked in the face, uh, adjusted his helmet, and threw a touchdown. Uh, to me, to me, this is this is the MVP. It's not it's not Russell Wilson. Um, to me, it's Deshaun Watson just because of how much worse I think that the coaching staff and team is around him as I do in Seattle. I think Seattle just has, you know, they've got an established run game. Pete Carroll is a better coach to me than Bill O'Brien. And so what Deshaun Watson is doing and his, his ability to pull out games that they should not be winning, they should not be, they should not win that game against the Raiders. They looked, uh, very bad the first three quarters and Deshaun's like, okay, I just got to take over in the fourth. And then he did so. He finished, um, you know, with a great game. Carlos Hyde was able to get 83 yards on the ground. Uh, Hopkins had a 100-yard performance. Um, but God, Deshaun Watson's my MVP so far. He he has looked unbelievable. He's making this team win games that they shouldn't. Now five and three. Um, they're going to be there with the Colts for the division. If not, they're going to be right there in the wild card. Deshaun Watson is taking this team to the playoffs, and uh, I shouldn't have bet against him at the beginning of the season. I just I I didn't see this kind of level of play from him, um, given his situation that he's kind of around and and he's been great. For the Raiders, three and four. Look, they're the second best team in the AFC West. I am really, 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 really excited for this team to move to Vegas and get a, get a little bit of a facelift. Maybe it's enticing for some some free agents. Um, look, the, the the thing is 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 shoring up the defense. They've got. They got Derek Carr, who's who's playing well, 285 and three touchdowns. Not sure how much Gruden loves him, but Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Tyrell Williams. There's a lot of fun guys. I just I love I like watching this team. Um, they've become just you know, they're a team that I just root for every week now because I want to see them be well with with what they've got. And um, now three and four, they're they're still you know around there with Kansas City. I think that they probably end up in that seven and nine, six and ten range. I think my preseason prediction for them was six and ten, so right around that range still. But man, they got a lot of momentum going in their way, and I think they could be a, a, a sneaky good team next year. Uh, Texans take this one twenty-seven to twenty-four. Sunday night football, we had Matt Moore and Aaron Rodgers just dueling it out, going back and forth, exchanging blows. Packers take this one on the road, thirty-one to twenty-four. Like I said on my betting show on Friday. Uh, this spread hadn't come out because um, Holmes hadn't been announced out yet. Um, actually, I recorded that show on Thursday, but um, but uh, for the Packers, now seven and one. To me, they're the Super Bowl favorite in the NFC. I know um, San Francisco is looking great and stomping, you know, competitive teams. But I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers over uh, over Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to take him over Drew Brees in the Saints. They might have the better. God, I'm not sure. Green Bay's defense I love. You know, they were able to shut out the Chiefs in the first and third quarters. um, Only letting up three touchdowns on the day. Um, Packers' defense I love. Their offensive line I really like. Their tackles are great. Aaron Jones, you know, shout out to Matt Berry for the last three years saying free Aaron Jones. It's finally come true. He is one of the better running backs in football. He's he's playing unbelievable. Um, 
didn't have a great game running the ball, but uh, how about 159 receiving yards and two touchdowns? I mean, God. Um, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers did a good job dicing that one up. Chiefs, um, and you heard everyone explain it on Sunday Night Football, they're putting their linebackers on Aaron Jones when he would go out as a receiver. And so anytime it was like that, it was a quick pass to him or a wheel route. Linebackers couldn't keep up, and it was an easy score. Um, Packers, to me, great team. Um, I, I would really like it if I could get my, my preseason prediction... You can go on to my, my Twitter or listen to Reasonably Outrageous. It was a Packers-Patriots Super Bowl. feel pretty good about it. Um, and for the Chiefs, if Mahomes comes back in Week 10, you're, you're still going to be the second-best team in the AFC. I'd love to see some trades by the end of the day to help their offensive line. I know Trent Williams is available now. Um, Geno Atkins may be on the Bengals for the defensive front. But uh, if you get Mahomes back there, him and Andy Reid, those weapons on offense, they're still top one of the top teams in the NFL. And I think that... Uh, it, look, they they weren't able to pull this one out against Green Bay, but uh, if they can win these next two and be seven and three by the time Mahomes comes back, they they should have no worries of they're not going to lose the division. You know, I guess the it comes down to home field advantage if they can get the two seed. And right now they're behind Indy, Baltimore. Are they behind Houston? I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is there, but um, they should still probably be able to get that with, uh, with Mahomes back in the lineup, but Packers are great. Chiefs are really good too. Did a great job with Matt Moore. Like I said, give Eric B enemy a head coaching job after this year, please, please, please. He dialed up a great game with Andy Reed, um, this past week, uh, to, to maximize Matt Moore, um, against a good green Bay defense Packers win 31, 24. Monday night football. How about this one? I, I was watching this out at the bars last night over in, um, over on Broadway, I was over at Kid Rock's bar watching this one. Dolphins jump out to a 14-0 lead, and everybody's like, oh, shit. Holy shit, how bad is how bad is Pittsburgh about to be tonight? But then they come back, score 27 unanswered in the second through fourth quarters. Look, to me, the Dolphins are actively trying to lose. I'm, I'm not sure if Flores is communicating that with his team, but I think the coaching staff is really coaching away, too. They they jumped out to that lead, and they were like, oh, shit. We're the, are we the better team? It, I love conspiracy theories, and, and then they're like, wait, we need to lose this game. We need to lose this game. So I think they, um, you know, maybe put on the brakes a little bit, let Pittsburgh get back in there. Pittsburgh scores 27 unanswered um, in, in the last 45 minutes to move to 3-4. and four. Pittsburgh, you know, uh, they're not a wild card team to me. They're just outside 500. Um, Mason Rudolph, to me, isn't the future guy after Roethlisberger. Duck Hodges isn't either. Um I was never really impressed with Mason Rudolph coming out of the draft. He was like my sixth or seventh uh, quarterback in that draft class. I don't think he's like a future guy that you have a lot of comments in, but he did well against Miami. You know, after he got, he started off slow, but then picked things up, finished with 251 and two scores. James Conner, huge day on the ground, 145 and a score. Juju Smith-Schuster, five uh, catches, 103 yards and a touchdown. Um, Pittsburgh, uh, yeah, to me, seven and nine team, six and 10 team. Hopefully they get Big Ben back. A lot of talent on that defense. I love. Uh, they they got they might have gotten the steal of the draft in in um, in in Devin Bush, and they might have gotten one of the steals in the draft two years ago with, with trading for Minka Fitzpatrick. Depending on where their pick ends up being this year, those two guys. I mean, we are going. We're just going to be watching them. Um, that defense dominate talent wise for the next decade. Those two are unbelievable. Um, I like the the Pittsburgh offensive line. I think they need a number two wide receiver or a number one wide receiver. Push Juju back to number two. Doesn't doesn't hurt to have Juju as a number two if you can get an even more talented guy in there. But um, 
Dolphins actively trying to lose, trying to get a quarterback. Now 0-7 should be in a great position. It's them or Cincinnati. And then the Steelers, 3-4. and four. They're, they're going to be all right, um, especially next year when, when Big Ben returns. How'd I do? Okay, so so that took eight minutes to do those last three games. So I'm sorry. But uh, but that is, uh, I guess, all of my quick hits on, on the games from week eight. I'm sad. We're halfway through the regular season. We shouldn't talk about it. I, I'm going to stop talking about how close we are to the season being over just to uh, just to um, save myself the pain. But, man, we are cruising through this season. Um, I'm excited to have some MVP talk later this week, some New York football talk with our first guest on the show. Power rankings come out tomorrow. Betting Friday episode. Um, we'll just keep this train rolling. Going to expand into some social platforms. Um, I think the start of next week now, kind of the, the the traveling the last two weekends has kind of screwed up my schedule. So social platforms, more, more exposure out there uh, on like Instagram and Twitter coming next Monday. And uh, yeah. Make sure to follow me over on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. Make sure to listen to my other podcast, Reasonably Outrageous, with Matt Wyrick. Um, and uh, and yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Let's let's ride this one out. Listen to the regulators, and uh, I'll catch you tomorrow. Peace.